0: Thank you for listening to this free audiobook created by Project Gutenberg and Microsoft AI. To learn more about the project or give feedback on the quality of a recording, please visit aka.ms audiobook. The Mulebone by Zora Neale Hurston. Setting. The raised porch of Joe Clark's store and the street in front. Porch stretches almost completely across the stage, with a plank bench at either end. At the center of the porch three steps leading from street. Rear of porch, center, door to the store. On either side are single windows on which signs, at left, post office, and at right, general store, are painted. Soap boxes, axe handles, small kegs, etc., on porch on which townspeople sit and lounge during action. Above the roof of the porch the false front, or imitation second story of the shop, is seen with large sign painted across it. Joe Clark's General Store. Large kerosene street lamp on post at right in front of porch. Saturday afternoon, and the villagers are gathered around the store. Several men sitting on boxes at edge of porch chewing sugarcane, spitting tobacco juice, arguing, some whittling, others eating peanuts. During the act, the women all dressed up in starch dresses parade in and out of store. People buying groceries, kids playing in the street, etc. General noise of conversation. Laughter and children shouting. But when the curtain rises, there is momentary lull for cane chewing. At left of porch, four men are playing cards on a soap box, and seated on the edge of the porch at extreme right, two children are engaged in a checker game, with the board on the floor between them. When the curtain goes up, the following characters are discovered on the porch: Mayor Joe Clark, the storekeeper, Deacon Hambo, Deacon Goodwin, Old Man Matt Brazzle, Will Cody, Sykes Jones, Boger the young town Marshal, LeGay Mosley and Walter Thomas, two village wags, Tom Nixon and Sam Mosley, and several others, seated on boxes, kegs, benches and floor of the porch. Tony Taylor is sitting on steps of porch with empty basket. Mrs. Taylor comes out with her arms full of groceries, empties them into basket, and goes back in store. All the men are chewing sugar cane earnestly with varying facial expressions. The noise of the breaking and sucking of cane can be clearly heard in the silence. Occasionally the laughter and shouting of children is heard nearby offstage. Hambo. To brazzle, say, Matt, give me a jint or two of dat green cane. Dis ribbon cane is hard. Ligay. Yeah, and you ain't got to cheers in yo parlor you used to have. Hambo. Dat's all right, ligay. But I'd bet you right now with these few teeth I got I can eat up more cane than you can grow. Legay. I know you can and that's the reason I ain't going to tempt you. But you's getting old in lots of ways. Look at dat bald head, just as clean as my hand. Exposes his palm. Hambo. Don't care if it tis. I don't want nothing, not even hair, between me and God. General laughter. Legay joins in as well. Cane chewing keeps up. Silence for a moment. Offstage a high shrill voice can be heard calling. Voice. Sister Mosley, oh Sister Mosley. A pause, Ms. Mosley. Very irritated, oh Sister Maddie. You hear me out here, you just won't answer. Voice of Mrs. Mosley. Hui, somebody calling me? Voice of Mrs. Roberts. Angrily, never mind now, you couldn't come when I called you. I don't want yo lil' ol' weasley turnip greens. Silence. Matt Brazel. Sister Roberts's end-town Agin. If she was mine, I'll be hen-fired if I wouldn't break her down in the lines, loins, good as dat man is to her. Hambo. I wish she was mine just one day. De first time she opened her mouth to beg anybody, I'd lamb her with lightning. Joe Clark. I got... Jake Roberts buys M.O. rations out this store than any man in dis town. I don't see to my maker what she do with it all. Here she come. Enter Mrs. Jake Roberts, a heavy light brown woman with a basket on her arm. A boy about ten walks beside her carrying a small child about a year old straddle of his back. Her skirts are sweeping the ground. She walks up to the step, puts one foot upon the steps and looks forlornly at all the men then fixes her look on Joe Clark. Mrs. Roberts. Evenin' Brother Mayor. Clark. Howdy-do, Mrs. Roberts. How's yo' husband? Mrs. Roberts. Beginning her professional whine he ain't much, and I ain't much, and my chillin' is Polly. We ain't got enough to eat. Lord, Mr. Clark, gimme a little piece of side meat to cook us a pot of greens. Clark. Agwan, Sister Roberts, you got plenty bacon home. Last week Jake bought. Mrs. Roberts, frantically, laud, Miss Clark, how long you think that little piece of meat lasts me and my chillin'? Laud, me and my chillin' is hungry. God knows, Jake don't feed ee me. Mr. Clark sits unmoved. Mrs. Roberts advances upon him. Miss Clark, Clark. I God, woman, don't keep on after me. Every time I look, you's round here begging for everything you see. legay, And what she don't see she whoops for it just the same. Mrs. Roberts. In dramatic begging pose, Miss Clark. Ain't you boyin do nothing for me? And you see me and my poor chillin is starvin'. Clark. Exasperated rises, I God, woman, a man can't get no peace with somebody like you in town. He goes angrily into the store followed by Mrs. Roberts. The boy sits down on the edge of the porch sucking the baby's thumb. Voice of Mrs. Roberts. A piece bowed dis-wide. Voice of Clark. I god, naw. Yo husband done bought you plenty meat, know how. Voice of Mrs. Roberts. In great anguish, ow. Miss Clark. Don't you cut dat lil teen piece of meat for me and my chillin'. Sound of running feet inside the store. I ain't a-going to touch it. Voice of Clark. Well, don't touch it then. That's all you'll get out of me. Voice of Mrs. Roberts. Commer, well, hand it cheer den. Laud, me and my chillin' is so hungry. Jake don't feed emy. me. She re-enters by door of store with the slab of meat in her hand and an outraged look on her face. She gazes all about her for sympathy. Laud, me and my poor chillin' is so hungry, and some folks has underscore every underscore thing, and they so stingy and gripin. Laud knows, Jake don't feed e me. She exits right on this line followed by the boy with the baby on his back. All the men gaze behind her, then at each other, and shake their heads. Hambo. Poor Jack. I'm really sorry for dat man. If she was mine I'd beat her till her ears hung down like a Georgie meal. Walter Thomas. I'd beat her till she smell like onions. Legay. I'd romp on her till she slack like lime. Nixon. I'd stomp her till she rope like okra. Voice of Mrs. Roberts. Off stage right, Laud Ms. Lewis, you go and give me dat lil handful of greens for me and my chillin'. Why dat ain't a eyeful? I ought not to take em, but me and my chillin' is so hungry. Some folks is so stingy and gripin'. Laud knows, Tony don't feed me. The noise of cane-chewing is heard again. Enter Joe Lindsay left with a gun over his shoulder and the large leg bone of a mule in the other hand. He approaches the step wearily. Hambo. Well, did you get any partridges, Joe? Joe. Resting his gun and seating himself, nope, but I made the feathers fly. Hambo. I don't see no birds. Joe. Oh, the feathers flew off on de birds. Legay, I don't see nothin' but dat bone. Look like you done killed a cow and eat him raw out in de woods. Joe. Don't y'all know dat hot bone? Walter. How you reckon we goin' to know every hot bone in Orange County sight unseen? Joe. Standing the bone up on the floor of the porch, dis is a hot bone of Brazel's old you meal. General pleased interest. "'Everybody wants to touch it. Brazzle. "'Coming forward, well, sir. "'Takes bone in both hands and looks up and down the length of it, "'if taint my ol' mule. "'This show was one hell of a mule, too. "'He'd fight every inch in front of de plow. "'He'd turn over de mowing machine, run away with de wagon. "'And you better not look like you want to ride him. "'Lindsey. Laughing. yeah, I remember seeing you comin' down de road just so.' He limps with one hand on his buttocks. One day. Brazel. This mule was so evil he used to try to bite and kick when I'd go into stable to feed him. Walter. He was too mean to get fat. He was so skinny you could do a week's washing on his ribs for a washboard and hang em up on his hip bones to dry. Legay. I remember one day, Brazil, you sent your boy to Winter Park after some groceries with a basket. So here he went down de road ridin' dis mule with dis basket on his arm. What you reckon dat ol' contrary mule done when he got to dat crooked place in de road going round Park Lake? He turned right round and went through de handle of dat basket, wid de boy still up on his back. General Laughter. Brazil. Yeah, he up and died one Saturday just for spite. But he was too contrary to lay down on his side like a mule or tear and die decent. Nah. He made out to lay down on his narrow-contracted back and die with his feet sticking straight up in de air just so. He gets down on his back and illustrates. We drug him out to de swamp with him dat way, didn't we, Hambo? Joe Clark I ga, Brazel. brazzle, we all seen it. Didn't we all go to de dragon out? More folks went to yo mule's dragon out than went to last school closing. But there ain't been a thing right in mule hell for four years. Hambo been dat long since he been dead? Clark. I god, yes. He died the week after I started to cutting dat new ground. The bone is passing from hand to hand. At last a boy about twelve takes it. He has just walked up and is proudly handling the bone when a woman's voice is heard off stage right. Voice. Senator. Senator. Oh, you senator? Boy. Turning displeased mutters, ah, shucks. Loudly, ma'am, voice. If you don't come here, you better, senator. Yes, ma'am. He drops bone on ground down stage and trots off frowning. Soon as we men get to doing something decent than men, exits right. Enter teet and bootsy left, clean and primped in voiled dresses just alike. They speak diffidently and enter store. The men admire them casually. Legay. Them girls done turned out to be right good looking. Walter. Teak ain't as pretty now as she was a few years back. She used to be fat as a butter ball with legs just like two whiskey kegs. She's too skinny since she got her growth. Cody. Ain't none of em pretty as dat Miss Daisy. God. She's pretty as a speckled pup. Legay. But she was shown nuff ugly when she was little, little ol' hard black knot. She show has changed since she been away up north. If she ain't pretty now, there ain't a hound dog in Georgie. Re-enters Senator Bailey and stops on the steps. He addresses Joe Clark. Senator. Miss Clark. Hambo. Tis Senator, ain't you got no manners? We all didn't sleep with you last night. Senator. Embarrassed? Good evening, everybody. All the men. Good evening, son, boy, Senator, etc. Senator. Miss Clark, Mama said is Daisy been here dis evenin?" Joe Clark. Ain't laid my eyes on her. Ain't she working over in Maitland? Senator. Yes, Sue, but she's off today and Mama sent her down here to get de groceries. Joe Clark. Well, tell yo ma I ain't seen her. Senator. Well, she say to tell you when she come, to tell her ma say she better get home and dat quick. Joe Clark. I will. Exit boy right. Legay. Bet she's off somewhere with Dave or Jim. Walter. I don't bet it. I know it. She's got them too in de Golan. Re-enter Teat and Bootsy from store. Teat has a letter and Bootsy two or three small parcels. The men look up with interest as they come out on the porch. Walter. Winking. What's that you got, Teat? Letter from Dave. Teat. Flouncing. Nah, indeed. It's a letter from my B.I.T. sweetie. Rolls her eyes and hips. Walter. Winking, well, ain't Dave your B.I.T. sweetie? I thought y'all was about to get married. Everywhere I looked this summer t'was you and Dave, Bootsy and Jim. I thought all of y'all would've done jumped over to broomstick by now. Teet. Flourishing letter, don't tell it to me. Tell it to the ever-loving Mr. Albert Johnson way over in Apopka. Bootsy. Rolling her eyes. Oh, tell em bout the ever-loving Mr. Jimmy Cox from Altamont. Oh, I can't stand to see my baby lose. Hambo. It's lucky y'all girls done got some more fellers. Cause look like Daisy done treed both Jim and Dave at once. Or they done treed here one. Teet. Let her have em. Nobody don't care. They don't handle de. In God we trust. Lack my Johnson. He's head bellman at the hotel. Bootsy. Mr. Cox got money's grandma and old grandpa change. The girls exit huffily. Lindsay. To Hambo, pseudo seriously, you oughtn't tease them gals like dat. Hambo. Oh, I locks to see gals all mad. But dem boys is crazy show nuff. Before Daisy come back here, they both had a good looking gal a piece. Now they bout to fall out and fight over half a gal a piece. Neither one won't give over and let the other one have her. Legay. And she ain't thinking too much about no one, man. Looks off left. Here she come now. God. She got a mean walk on her. Walter. Yeah, man. She handles a lot of traffic. Oh, mama, throw it in de river. Pop will come get it. Lindsay. Ah, shut up. You married men. Legay. man, don't go blind cause he gets married, do he? Enter Daisy hurriedly. Stops at step a moment. She is dressed in sheer organ white shoes and stockings. Daisy. Good evening, everybody. Walks up on the porch. All the men. Very pleasantly. Good evening, Miss Daisy. Daisy. To Clark, Mama sent me after some meal and flour and some bacon and sausage oil. Clark. Senator been here long time ago hunting you. Daisy. Frightened, did he? Oh, Miss Clark, hurry up and fix it for me. She starts on in the store. Lindsay. Giving her his seat, you better wait here, Daisy. Walter kicks Legay to call his attention to Lindsay's attitude. It's powerful hot in dat store. Lemme run fetch him out to you. Legay. To Lindsay, run. Joe Lindsay, you ain't been able to run since the big bell rung. Look at dat grey beard. Lindsay. Thank God I ain't gray all over. I'm just as good a man right now as any of you young UNS. He hurries on into the store. Walter. Daisy, where's yo two bodyguards? It don't look natural to see you thout nary one of em. Daisy. Archly, I ain't got no bodyguards. I don't know what you talking about. Legay. Ah, uh, Don tried to come dad over us, Daisy. You know who we talking about, all right. But if you want me to come out flat-footed, where's Jim and Dave? Daisy. Ain't they playing somewhere for de white folks? Legay, To Walter, will you listen at dis gal, Walter? To Daisy, when I ain't been long seen you and Dave going down to de lake. Daisy. Frightened, don't y'all run tell mama where I been. Walter. Well, you tell us which one you locks the best and we'll wipe our mouth, gesture, and say nothing. Dem boys been de best of friends all day life. Till both of em took after you. Then goodbye. Katie barred de door. Daisy. Affected innocence. Ain't they still playin' and dancin' together? Legay. Yeah, but that's bout all they do agree on these days. That's de way it is wid men young and old. I don't care how long they been friends and how thick they been. A woman kin come between em. David and Jonathan never would have been friends so long if Jonathan had been any great hand with the men. You ain't never seen no two roosters that likes one another. Daisy. I ain't tried to break him up. Walter. Course you ain't. You don't have to. All two boys need to do is to get stuck on the same girl and they done broke up. Right now. The men is something can't be divided equal. Re-enter Joe Lindsay and Clark with the groceries. Daisy jumps up and grabs the packages. Legay. To Daisy, want some of us, me, to go long and told you things for you? Daisy. Nervously, nah, mama is riding her high horse today. Long as I'd been gone it wouldn't do for me to come walking up with nobody. She exits hurriedly right. All the men watch her out of sight in silence. Clark. Sighing, I god, know what Daisy puts me into mind of. Hambo. No, what? They all leaned together. Clark. I got, a great big mango, a sweet smell, you know, th a strong flavor, but not something you could mash up like a strawberry. Something with a body to it. General laughter, but not obscene. Hambo. Admiringly, Joe Clark. I didn't know you had it in you. Mrs. Clark enters from store door and they all straighten up guiltily. Clark. Angrily to his wife. Now what do you want? I god, the minute I set down, here you come. Mrs. Clark. Somebody want a stamp, Jody. You know you don't loan me to Beauwood the post office. He rises sullenly and goes inside the store. Brazel. Say, Hambo, I didn't see you at our Sunday school picnic. Hambo. Slicing some plug-cut tobacco, nope, want there dis time. Walter. Loca here Hambo. Y'all Baptists carry this close communion business too far. If a person ain't half drowned at in the lake and half eaten up by alligators, y'all think he ain't baptized, so you can't take communion with him. Now I reckon you can't even drink lemonade and eat chicken perla with us. Hambo. My lord boy, you's just full of words. Now in the first place, if this year's picnic was lack the one y'all had last year, you ain't had no lemonade for us Baptists to turn down. You had a big ol' barrel of rain water with about a pound of sugar in it, and one lemon cut up over de top of it. Legay, Man, you show sure kin mull them. Walter. Well, I went to de Baptist picnic with my mouth all set to eat chicken, when lo and behold y'all had chitlins. Do Jesus. Lindsay. Hold on there a minute. There was plenty chicken at dat picnic which I do know is right. Walter. Only chicken I seen was half a chicken yo pastor must musta tried to swallow whole cause he was choked stiff as a board when I come long, with de whole deacon's board beating him in de back, trying to knock it out his throat. Legay. Say, dat puts me in de mind of a Baptist brother that was crazy bout de preachers and de preacher was crazy bout feeding his face. So his son got tired of trying to beat de stump knockers to de grub on the table so one day he throwed out some slams bout these preachers. Dat made his old man mad, so he told his son to get out. He boy asked him, Where must I go, papa? He says, Go on to hell I reckon, I don't care where you go. So de boy left and was gone seven years. He come back one cold, windy night and rapped on de door. Who dat? De old man asked him, It's me, Jack. De old man opened de door so glad to see his son Agin, and told Jack to come in. He did and looked all round the place. Seven or eight preachers was sitting round the fire eatin' and drinkin'. Where you been all this time, Jack? The old man asked him. I been to hell, Jack told him. Tell us how it is down there, Jack. Well, he says, it's just like it is here. You can't get to the fire for the preachers. Hambo. Boy, you can lie just like de cross ties from Jacksonville to Key West. De President Elder must come round on his circuit teaching y'all how to tell em, cause you couldn't lie dat good just natural. Walter. Can't nobody beat Baptist folks lying, and I ain't never found out how come you think you's so important. Lindsay. Ain't we got de finest and de biggest church? Macedonia Baptist will hold more folks than any two buildings in town. Legay. That's right, y'all got a heap more church than you got members to go in it. Hambo. That's all right. Y'all ain't got neither de church nor de members. Everything that's had in this town got to be held in our church. Re-enter Joe Clark. Clark. What you all talking? Hambo. Come on out, tush hog, let me beat you some checkers. I'm tired of fending and proving with these boys ain't got no hair on they chest yet. Clark. I god, you mean you're going to get beat. You can't handle me. I'm a tush hog. Hambo. Well, I'm going to draw dem tushes right now. To two small boys using checkerboard on edge of porch. Here you chillins. Let the mayor and me have that board. Go on out and play and give us grown folks a little peace. The children go down stage and call out. Small boy. Hey, Senator. Hey, Marthy. Come on, let's play chickme. me. Chick me, cranny crow. Child's voice. Off stage, all right. Come on, Jesse. Enter several children, led by Senator, and a game begins in front of the store as Joe Clark and Hambo play checkers. Joe Clark. I god. Hambo, you can't play no checkers. Hambo. As they seat themselves at the checkboard, ah man, if you wasn't a mayor I'd beat you all the time. The children get louder and louder. Drowning out the men's voices. Small girl. I'm going to be de hen. Boy. And I'm going to be de hawk. Let me get myself a stick to mark with. The boy who is the hawk squats center stage with a short twig in his hand. The largest girl lines up the other children behind her. Girl. Mother Hen. Looking back over her flock, y'all catch hold of one another's clothes so de hawk can't get ya. They do. You all straighten now. Children. Yeah. The march around the hawk commences. Hen and chicks. Chick ma chick ma cranny crow went to the well to wash ma toe when I come back ma chick was gone what time. Old witch. Hawk. Making a tally on the ground. One. Hen and chicks. Repeat song and march. Hawk. Scoring again, two. Can be repeated any number of times. Hawk. Four. He rises and imitates a hawk flying and trying to catch a chicken, calling in a high voice, "Chicky, hen," flapping wings to protect her young. My chickens sleep, hawk, chicky. During all this, the hawk is fainting and darting in his efforts to catch a chicken, and the chickens are dancing defensively. The hen trying to protect them, hen. My chickens sleep, hawk. I shall have a chick, hen. You shan't have a chick. Hawk. I'm going home. Flies off. Hen. Dare's the road. Hawk. My pot's a boilin'. Hen. Let it boil. Hawk. My gut's a growlin'. Hen. Let him growl. Hawk. I must have a chick. Hen. You shan't have an airn. Hawk. My mama's sick. Hen. Let her die. Hawk. Chicky. Hen. My chicken sleep. Hawk darts quickly around the hen and grabs a chicken and leads him off and places his captive on his knees at the store porch. After a brief bit of dancing, he catches another, then a third, etc. Hambo. At the checkerboard, his voice rising above the noise of the playing children, slapping his sides jubilantly. Ha! Ha! I got you now. Go ahead on and move, Joe Clark. Just go ahead on and move. Loungers. Standing around two checker players, oil deacons got you now. Another voice. Don't see how he can beat the mayor like that. Another voice. Got him in the Louisville loop. These remarks are drowned by the laughter of the playing children directly in front of the porch. Mayor Joe Clark disturbed in his concentration on the checkers and peeved at being beaten suddenly turns toward the children, throwing up his hands. Clark. Get on way from here, you limbs of Satan, making all that racket so a man can hear his ears. Go on, go on. The mayor looks about excitedly for the town marshal. Seeing him playing cards on the other side of porch, he bellows. Lumboger, why ain't you get these kids away from here? What kind of a marshal is you? All this passel of young ones around here undergrown people's feet. Creatine disorder in front of my store. Lumboger puts his cards down lazily. Comes downstage and scatters the children away. One saucy little girl refuses to move. Lumboger. Why ain't you go on away from here, Matilda? Didn't you hear me tell you all to move? Little Matilda. Defiantly, I ain't going nowhere. You ain't none of my mama. Jerking herself free from him as Lum touches her. My mama in the store, and she told me to wait out here. So take that, Lum. Lumboger. You impudent little hussy, you. You must smell yourself, you so fresh. Matilda. The wind must have changed, and you smell your own top lip. Lumboger. Don't make me have to grab you and take you down a buttonhole lower. Matilda. Switching her little head, go ahead on and grab me. You show can't kill me, and if you kill me, you show can't eat me. She marches into the store. Senator Derisively from behind stump. Oil dum lum. Hey. Hey. Little boy at edge of stage thumbs his nose at the marshal. Lum lumbers after the small boy. Both exit. Hambo. To Clark who has been thinking all this while what move to make. You ain't got but one move. Go ahead on and make it. What's the matter mayor? Clark. Moving his checker ah here. Hambo. Triumphant. Now. Look at him, boys. I'm gonna laugh in notes. Laughing to the scale and jumping a checker each time, do sol fa mi lo, one. Jumping another checker, la sol fa mi do, two. Another jump, do sol re mi lo, three. Jumping a third, lo sol fa mi re, four. The crowd begins to roar with laughter. Lumboga returns, looking on. Children come drifting back again playing chick me chick me Craney crow Voice. Oh, ha. Dunn got the oil tush hog. Another voice. Thought you couldn't be beat, brother mayor? Clark. Peeved, gets up and goes into the store mumbling. Oh, I coulda beat you if I didn't have this store on my mind. Saturday afternoon and I got work to do. Lum, ain't I told you to keep them kids from playin' right in front of this store? Lum makes a pass at the nearest half-grown boy. The kids dart around him teasingly. Another voice. Eh, heh. Hambo done run him on his store, done run the ol' coon in his hole. Another voice. That ain't good politics, Hambo, beatin' the mayor. Another voice. Well, Hambo, you don't got to be so hard at checkers, come on let's see what you can do with the cards. Lumbo over there got his hands full nursin' the chillins. Another voice. At the table, we ain't playing for money, no how deacon. We just playin' a little Florida flip. Hambo. You all can't play no Florida flip. When I was a sinner there wasn't a man in this state could beat me playing that game. But I'm a deacon in Macedonia Baptist now and I don't bother with the cards no more. Voice at card table. Alright then, come on here Tony, to man with basket on steps. Let me catch your jack. Taylor. Looking toward door, I don't reckon I got time. I guess my wife gonna get through buying out that store some time or other and want to go home. Old man. On opposite side of porch from card game, I bet my wife would know better than expect me to sit around and wait for her with a basket. Why W-H-Y-N-T you tell her to tote it on home herself? Taylor. Sighing and shaking his head. Eh, laud. Voice at card table. Look like we can't get nobody to come into this game. Seem like everybody's scared us. Come on back here, Lum, and take your hand. Lum makes a final futile gesture at the children. Lum, ain't I told you little Haitians to stay away from here? Children scatter teasingly only to return to their play in front of the store later on. Lum comes up on the porch and rejoins the card game. Just as he gets seated, Mrs. Clark comes to the door of the store and calls him. Mrs. Clark. Drawlingly, Columbus. Lum. Wearily, ma'am. Mrs. Clark. De mayor say for you to go round in de backyard and tie up old Lady Jackson's meal, what's trampin' up all de tomatoes in my garden. Lum. All right. Leaving card game. Wait till I come back, folkses. Legay. Oh, hum. Yawning and putting down the deck of cards, Lum show a busy marshal. Say, ain't Dave and Jim been round here yet? I feel kinder like hearing a little music bout now. Boy. Nah, they ain't been here today. You all know they ain't so thick know-how as they was since Daisy Bailey come back and they started runnin' after her. Woman. You mean since she started running after them, the young hussy. Mrs. Clark. In doorway, she don't mean em no good. Walter. That's a shame, ain't it now? Enter Lum from around back of store. He jumps on the porch and takes his place at the card box. Lum, to the waiting players: All right, boys, turn it on and let the bad luck happen. Legay, my deal. He begins shuffling the cards with an elaborate fan-shaped movement. Voice at table: Look out there, Legay! You shuffling mighty lot. Don't carry the cub to us. Legay. Ah, uh, we ain't gonna cheat you we gonna beat you. He slams down the cards for Lumboga to cut. Want to cut M? Lum? No, ain't no need of cutting a rabbit out when you can twist him out. DLM. Legay deals out the cards. Clark's voice. Inside the store, you, Maddie. Mrs. Clark, who has been standing in the dough, quickly turns and goes inside. Legay. Why ye? Spades. The game is started. Lum. Didn't snatch that jack, did you? Legay. Ah, no. Ain't snatched no jack. Play. Walter. Lum's partner. Well, here it is, partner. What you want me to play for you? Lum. Play just like I'm a New York partner. But we gotta try to catch that jack. Legay. Threateningly, stick out your hand and draw back a nub. Walter Thomas plays. Walter. I'm playing a diamond for you, partner. Lum. I done told you you ain't got no, partner. Legay. Heh heh. Partner, we got him. Pull off with your king. They got to play him. When that trick is turned, triumphantly didn't I tell you, partner? Stands on his feet and slams down with his ace violently. Now, come up under this ace. Aha, look at O.L. Low, partner. I knew I was gonna catch him. When Lum plays, ho, ho, there goes the queen. Now, the jack's a gentleman. Now, I'm playing my knots. Everybody plays and the hand is ended. Partner, high, low, jack in the game and four. Walter, give me them cards. I believe you all done give me the cub that time. Look at me. This is Booker T. Washington dealing these cards. Shuffles cards grandly and gives them to Legay to cut. Want to cut em? Ligue. Yeah, cut him and shoot him. I'd cut behind my ma. He cuts the cards. Walter. Turning to player at left, Frank, Ligue's partner, what you saying, Frank? Frank. I'm begging. Ligue is trying to peep at cards. Walter. Turning to Ligue, stop peeping at them cards, Ligue. To Frank, did you say you was begging or standin'? Frank. I'm begging. Walter. Get up off your knees. Go ahead and tell him I sent you. Frank. Well, that makes us four. Walter. I don't care if you is. Pulls a quarter out of his pocket and lays it down on the box. 25 cents says I know the best one. Let's go. Everybody puts down a quarter. Frank. What you want me to play for you, partner? Legay, Play me a club. The play goes around to dealer, Walter who gets up and takes the card off the top of the deck and slams it down on the table. Walter. Get up oil deuce of demons and gallop off with your load. To Lum, partner, how many times you seen the deck? Lum. Two times. Walter. Well, then I'm gonna pull off, partner. Watch this oil queen. Everyone plays ha. Ha. Wash day and no soap. Takes the jack of diamonds and sticks him up on his forehead stands up on his feet. Partner, I'm dumping to you, play your king. When it comes to his playlum, two stands up. The others get up and they, too excitedly slam their cards down. Now, come on in this kitchen and let me splice that cabbage. He slams down the ace of diamonds, pats the jack on his forehead, sings hey, hey, back up, Jenny, get your load. Talking, dump to that jack, boys, dump to it. High, low, jack in the game and four. One to go. Wherefore, with you boys? Legay. Yeah, but you all play and catch up. Frank. Give me them cards. Let me deal some. Legay. Frank, now you really got responsibility on you. They's got one game on us. Frank. Ah, man, I'm gonna deal them up a mess. This deal's in the White House. He shuffles and puts the cards down for Walter to cut. Cut em. Walter. Nope, I never cut green timber. Frank deals and turns the card up. Frank. Hearts, boys. He turns up an ace. Lum. Ah, you snatched that ace, nigger. Walter. Yeah, they done carried the cub to us, partner. Legay. Oh, he didn't do no such a thing. That ace was turned fair. We just too hard for you. We eats our dinner out of the blacksmith's shop. Walter. Ah, uh, you all cheatin'. You know it wasn't fair. Frank. Ah, uh, shut up, you all just hoopin' and hollerin' for nothin'. Tryin' to bully the game. Frank and LeGay rise and shake hands grandly. LeGay. Mr. Hoover, you show us a noble president. We done stuck these niggers full of cobs. They done got scared to play us. LeGay, scared to play you? Get back down to this table. Let me spread my mess. Lounger. Yonder comes Elder Sims. You all better squat that rabbit. They'll be having you all up in the church for playing cards. Frank grabs up the cards and puts them in his pocket quickly. Everybody picks up the money and looks unconcerned as the preacher enters. Enter Elder Sims with his two prim-looking little children by the hand. Elder Sims. How do, children? Right warm for this time in November, ain't it? Voice. Yes, sir, Reverend, show is. How's Sister Sims? Sims. She's feeling kinda pully today. Goes on in store with his children. Voice. Whispering loudly, don't see how that great big old powerful woman could be sick. Look like she could go bear hunting with her fist. Another voice. She looked just as good as you all's Baptist pastor's wife. Shaw, you ain't seen no big woman, no how, man. I seen one once so big she went to whip her little boy and he run up under her belly and hid six months before she could find him. Another voice. Well, I knowed a woman so little that she had to get up on a soap box to look over a grain of sand. Rev. Sims comes out of store, each child behind him sucking a stick of candy. Sims. To his children, run on home to your mother and don't get dirty on the way. The two children start primly off down the street, but just out of sight, one of them utters a loud cry. Sims's child. Off stage, Papa, Papa. Nunk is trying to lick my candy. Sims. I told you to go on and leave them other children alone. Voice on porch. Kidding, Lum, W.H. Why aren't you tend to your business? Town Marshal rises and shoes the children off again. Lum. You all varmints leave them nice chillin' alone. Legay. Continuing the lying on porch, well, you all done seen so much, but I'd bet you ain't never seen a snake as big as the one I saw when I was a boy up in Middle Georgia. He was so big couldn't hardly move himself. He laid in one spot so long he growed moss on him, and everybody thought he was a log. Till one day I sat down on him and went to sleep, and when I woke up, that snake done crawled to Florida. Loud laughter. Frank. Seriously. Laying all jokes aside though now, you all remember that rattlesnake I killed last year was almost as big as that Georgia snake. Voice. How big, you say it was, Frank? Frank. Maybe not quite as big as that, but just about 14 feet. Voice. Derisively, give me that lion snake. That snake wasn't but four foot long when you killed him last year, and you done growed him 10 feet in a year. Another voice. Well, I don't know about that. Some of the snakes around here is powerful long. I went out in my front yard yesterday right after the rain and killed a great big ol' cottonmouth. Sims. This show is a snake town. I certainly can't raise no chickens for em. They kill my little bitties just as fast as they hatch out. And yes, if I hadn't cut them weeds out of the street in front of my parsonage, me or some of my folks would have been bit right at our front door. To whole crowd, Wh, why ain't you all cut down these weeds and clean up these streets? Hambo. Well, the mayor ain't said nothing about it. Sims. When the folks misbehaves in this town I think they oughta lock em up in a jail and make em work their fine out on the streets. Then these weeds would be cut down. Voice. How we gonna do that when we ain't got no jail? Sims. Well, you show sure needs a jail. You all needs a whole lot of improvements round this town. I ain't never passed or no town so way back as this one here. Clark, who has lately emerged from the store, fanning himself, overhears this last remark and bristles up, what's that you say about this town? Sims, I say we need some improvements here in this town, that's what. Clark, in a powerful voice, and what improvements you figures we needs. Sims, a whole heap. Now, for one thing we really does need a jail, Mayor. We oughta stop running these people out of town that misbehaves, and lock them up. Others' towns has jails, every town I ever passed toward had a jail. Don't see how come we can't have one. Clark. Towering angrily above the preacher, now, wait a minute, Sims. Don't you reckon the man who knows how to start a town knows how to run it? I paid $200 out of this right hand for this land, and walked out here and started this town before you was born. I ain't like some of you new niggers, come here when grapes ripe. I was here to cut new ground, and I've been mayor ever since. Sims. Well, there ain't no sense in no one man staying mayor all the time. Clark. Well, it's my town and I can be mayor just as long as I want to. It was me that put this town on the map. Sims. What map you put it on, Joe Clark? I ain't seen it on no map. Clark. Indignant, I God. Listen here, Elder Sims. If you don't like the way I run this town, just take your flat feet right on out and get yonder cross the woods. You ain't been here long enough to say nothing know how. Hambo. From a nail keg, yeah, you Methodist niggers always telling people how to run things. Taylor. Practically unheard by the others, we do so know how to run things, don't we? Ain't brother mayor a Methodist, and ain't the school teacher a His remarks are drowned out by the others. Sims. No, we don't like the way you're running things. Now Loka here, pointing at the marshal. You got that lazy lump boger here for marshal and he ain't old enough to be dry behind his ears yet and all these able-bodied means in this town. You won't loan nobody else to run a store excepting you. And Loka yonder, happening to notice the street light. Only street lamp in town. You got in front of your place. Indignantly. We pay the taxes and you got the lamp. Villager. Don't you all fuss now. How come you two always yam yamming at each other? Clark. How come this fly by night Methodist preacher over here, ain't been here three months, tries to stand up on my store porch and tries to tell me how to run my town? Maddie Clark, the mayor's wife, comes timidly to the door, wiping her hands on her apron. Ain't no man gonna tell me how to run my town. I God, I lect myself in and I'm gonna run it. Turns and sees wife standing in door. Commandingly. I God, Maddie, get on back in there and wait on that store. Maddie. Timidly, Jody, somebody else want in stamps. Clark. I God, woman, what good is you? Guan, get in. Look like between women and preachers a man can have no peace. Exit Clark. Sims. Continuing his argument, now, when I toward in Jacksonville you oughta see what kinda jails they got there. Lounger. White folks needs jails. We colored folks don't need no jail. Another villager. Yes, we do, too. Elder Sims is right. The argument becomes a hubbub of voices. Taylor. Putting down his basket, now, I tell you a jail. Mrs. Taylor. Emerging from the store door arms full of groceries looking at her husband yeah and if you don't shut up and get these rations home i'm gonna be worse on you than a jail and six judges pick up that basket and let's go tony meekly picks up the basket and he and his wife exit as the sound of an approaching guitar is heard off stage two carelessly dressed happy-go-lucky fellows enter together one is fingering a guitar without playing any particular tune and the other has his hat cocked over his eyes in a burlesque, dude-like manner. There are casual greetings. Walter. Hey there, bums, how's tricks? Legay, What you're saying, boys? Hambo. Good evening, sons. Le How did you all make out this evening, boys? Jim. Oh, them white folks at the party shelled out right well. Kept Dave busy picking it up. How much did we make today, Dave? Dave. Striking his pocket, I don't know, boy, but feels right heavy here. Kept me picking up money just like this. As Jim picks a few dance chords, Dave gives a dance imitation of how he picked up the coins from the ground as the white folks threw them. We counted after a while. Would've divided up with you already if you hadn't left me when you seen Daisy coming by. Let's sit down on the porch and rest now. Legay. She show is lookin' stylish and pretty since she come back with her white folks from up north. Wearin' the swellest clothes. And that coal black hair of hers just won't quit. Maddie Clark In doorway. I don't see what the men's always hanging after Daisy Taylor for. Clark Turning around on the porch, I god, you back here again. Who's tendin' that store? Maddie disappears inside. Dave Well, she always did look like new money to me when she was here before. Jim. Well, that's all you ever did get was a look. Dave. That's all you know. I bet I get more than that now. Jim. You might get it but I'm the man to use it. I'm a bottom fish. Dave. Ah, man. You must have been walking round here fast asleep when Daisy was in this county last. You ain't seen the go I had with her. Jim. No, I ain't seen it. Bet you didn't have no letter from her while she been away. Dave. Bet you didn't either. Jim. Well, it's just cause she can't write. If she knew how to scratch with a pencil I'd had a ton of them. Dave. Shaw, man. I'd had a post office full of em. Old woman. You all ought to be shame, carrying on over a brazen heifer like Daisy Taylor. Just cause she's been up north and come back. I reckon you cutting de fool's show nuff now. She ain't studying none of you all know how. All she wants is what you got in your pocket. Jim. I likes her but she won't get nothing out of me. She never did. I wouldn't give a poor consumpted cripple crab a crutch to cross the River Jordan. Dave. I know I ain't gonna give no woman nothing. I wouldn't give a dog a donut if he treat a terrapin. Ligay. Use a cottontail dispute, both of you. You'd give her anything you got. You'd give her Georgia with a fence round it. Old man. Yeah, and she'd take it too. Lindsay. Don't discriminate the woman like that. That ain't nothing but hogism. Ain't nothing the matter with Daisy. She's alright. Enter Teats and Bootsy tittering coyly and switching themselves. Bootsy. Is you seen my mama? Old woman. You know you ain't looking for no mama. Just come back down here to show your shape and fan around a while. Bootsy and Teats going into the store. Bootsy and Teats. No, we ain't. We he come to get our mail. Old woman. After girls enter store, why don't you all keep up some attention to these nice girls here? Bootsy and Teats. They wants to marry. Dave. Ah, who thinking about Maureen now? They better stay home and eat their own pa's rations. I gotta buy myself some shoes. Jim. The woman I'm gonna marry ain't born yet, and her ma is dead. Girls come out giggling and exit. Jim begins to strum his guitar lightly at first as the talk goes on. Clark. To Dave and Jim, two of the finest gals that ever lived and friendly just like you all is. You two boys better take em back and stop them shiftless ways. Hambo. Yeah, hurry up and do something. I wants to taste a piece your wedding cake. Jim. Embarrassed but trying to be jocular. What you trying to rush me up so fast? Look at what Cody here, pointing to little man on porch. He been promising to bring his already wife down for two months. And ne'er one of us ain't seen her yet. Dave. Yeah, how you spec me to haul in a brand new wife when he can't lead a wagon broke wife 18 miles. Me, I'm going get one soon's Cody show me his in general sly laughter at cody's expense walter snaps his fingers and pretends to remember something that's right cody i've been intending to tell you i know where you can buy a ready-built house for you and your wife calls into the store hey clark simon out here and tell cody about dad bradley house to cody i know you wants to get a place of your own so you can settle down hambo he done moved so much since he been here till every time he walk out in his backyard, his chickens lay down and cross their legs. Lindsay. Cody, I thought you told us you was going up to Sanford to bring Dad Oman down here last Saturday. Legay. That ain't the way he told me bout it. Look, fellers, getting up and putting one hand on his hips and one finger of the other hand against his chin coquettishly. Where you reckon I'll be next Saturday night? Sitting upside of Ms. Cody. Great burst of laughter. Sykes Jones, laughing. Know what de folks told me in Sanford? Dat was another man's wife. Guffaws. Cody. Feebly, ah, you don't know what you' talking about. Jones. Nah, I don't know, but de folks in Sanford does. Laughing. They tell me when dat lady's husband come home Saturday night, old Cody jumped out de window. De man grabbed his old repeater and run out in de yard to head him off. When Cody seen him come round the corner de house, gesture, he flopped his wings and flew up on defense. The man the wood that shotgun dead on him. Laughs Den man. Cody flopped his wings lack a buzzard, gesture, and sailed on off. The man dropped to his knees lack dis, gesture of kneeling on one knee and taking aim, "Die. die. 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 Supposedly sound of shots as the gun is moved in a circle following the course of Cody's supposed flight. Cody just flew right on off and lit on a hill two miles off. Then, man. Gesture of swift flight. In ten minutes he was back here in Eatonville and in he bed. Walter. I passed there and seen his house shaken, but I didn't know how come. Hambo. Ah, leave de boy alone. If you don't look out some of y'all going to have to break his record. Legay. I'm prepared to break it now. General laughter. Jim. Well, anyhow, I don't want to marry and leave Dave, yet a while. Picking a chord. Dave. And I ain't gonna leave Jim. We've been pawling around together ever since we hollered to the mama, ain't we, boy? Jim. Show is. Music of the guitar increases in volume. Dave shuffles a few steps and the two begin to sing. Jim. Rabbit on the log. I ain't got no dog. How am I gonna get him? God knows. Dave, rabbit on the log. Ain't got no dog. Shoot him with my rifle, bam. Bam. Some of the villagers join in song and others get up and march around the porch in time with the music. Bootsy and Teets re-enter, Teats sticking her letter down the neck of her blouse. Joe Lindsay grabs Teats and Walter Thomas grabs Bootsy. There is dancing, treating and general jollification. Little children dance the Parsmila. The music fills the air just as the sun begins to go down. Enter Daisy Taylor coming down the road toward the store. Clark Balls out from the store porch. I god, there's Daisy again. Most of the dancing stops. The music slows down and then stops completely. Dave and Jim greet Daisy casually as she approaches the porch. Jim Well, Daisy, we knows you, too. Dave Dave Gal, you's just as pretty as a speckled pup. Daisy. Giggling, I see you two boys always playing and singing together. That music sounded right good floating down the road. Jim. Yeah, child, we see been playing for the white folks all week. We see playing for the colored now. Dave. Showing off, twirling his dancing feet, yeah, we're standing on our abstract and living on our income. Old man. i um, mump but they ain't never working. Just round here playing as usual. Jim. Some folks think you ain't workin' less than you smellin' a meal. He sits back down on box and picks at his guitar. Think you gotta be beating a man to his barn every morning. Voice. Glad to be round home with we all again, ain't you Daisy? Daisy. Is I glad? I just got off special early this evening to come over here and see everybody. I was kinda afraid sundown would catch me before I got round that lake. Don't know how I'm gonna walk back to my workin' place in the dark by myself. Dave Don't know girl as good lookin' as you as have to go home by herself tonight. Jim No, cause I'm here. Dave To Daisy, don't you trust yourself round that like with all them gaiters and moccasins with that nigger there. Daisy, pointing at Jim, he's just full of rabbit blood. What you need is a real man with good feet. Cutting a dance step. Daisy. I ain't thinking about going home yet. I'm going in the store. Jim. What you want in the store? Daisy. I want some gum. Dave. Starting toward door, girl, you don't have to go in there to get no gum. I'll go in there and buy you a carload of gum. What kind you want? Daisy. Bubble gum. Dave goes in the store with his hand in his pocket. The sun is setting and the twilight deepens. Jim. Pulling package out of his pocket and laughing. Here your gum, baby. What it takes to please the ladies, I totes it. I don't have to go get it, like Dave. What you give me for it? Daisy. A bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck. She embraces Jim playfully. He hands her the gum, patting his shoulder as he sits on box. Oh, thank you. You's a ready man? Jim. Yeah, there's a lot of good parts to me. You can have West Tampa if you want it. Daisy. You always was a nice quiet boy, Jim. Dave. Emerging from the store with a package of gum, here's your gum, Daisy. Jim. Oh, you's late. She's done got gum now. Chaw that yourself. Dave. Slightly peeved and surprised, hun. You mighty fast here now with Daisy but you wasn't that fast getting out of that white man's chicken house last week. Jim. Who you talking about? Dave. Who? Facitiously, you ain't no owl. Your feet don't fit no limb. Jim. Ah uh, nigger hush. Dave. Ah uh, hush yourself. He walks away for a minute as Daisy turns to meet some newcomers. Dave throws his package of gum down on the ground. It breaks and several children scramble for the pieces. An old man, very drunk, carrying an empty jug enters on left and staggers tipsily across stage. Mayor Joe Clark emerges from the store and looks about for his marshal. Clark. Bellowing. Lum Boger. Lum Boger. Eating a stalk of cane. Yes, sir. Clark. I god, Lum, take your lazy self off that keg and go light that town lamp. All summer long you eatin' up my melon, and all winter long you charn up my cane. What you think this town is payin' you for? Laying round here doin' nothin'? Can't you see it's gettin' dark? Lumbover rises lazily and takes the soapbox downstage, stands on it to light the lamp, discovers no oil in it, and goes in store. In a few moments he comes out of store, fills the lamp, and lights it. Daisy. Coming back toward Jim. Ain't you all gonna play and sing a little something for me? I ain't heard your all's music much for so long. Jim. Play anything you want, Daisy. Don't make no difference what tis I can pick it. Where's that old coon, Dave? Looking around for his partner. Legay, Calling Dave, who is leaning against post at opposite end of porch. Come here and get warmed up for Daisy. Dave. Ah, my throat's tired. Jim. Leave the baby be. Daisy. Come on, sing a little, Dave. Dave. Going back toward Jim, well, seeing who's asking, all right. What song yo like, Daisy? Daisy. Ummm, um, lemme think. Voice on porch. Got on the train, didn't have no fare. Daisy. Gaily, yes, that one. That's a good one. Jim. Begins to tune up. Dave touches Daisy's hand. Voice, in fun, hun, you all wouldn't play at the hall last week when we asked you. Voice of spiteful old woman, Daisy wasn't here then. Another voice, teasingly, all you got to do to some men is to shake a skirt tail in their face, and they goes off their head. Dave, to Jim who is still tuning up, come if you're coming, boy. Let's go if you gwine. The full melody of the guitar comes out in a lively, old-fashioned tune. Voice. All right now, boys, do it for Daisy just as good as you do for damn white folks over in Maitland. Dave and Jim. Beginning to sing, got on the train, didn't have no fare, but I rode some, I rode some. Got on the train, didn't have no fare, but I rode some, but I rode some. Got on the train, didn't have no fare, conductor asked me what I'm doing there, but I rode some. Grabbed me by the neck and led me to the door. But I rode some, but I rode some. Grabbed me by the neck and led me to the door But I rode some, but I rode some Grabbed me by the neck and led me to the door Wrapped me cross the head with a forty-four, but I rode some First thing I saw in jail was a pot of peas But I rode some, but I rode some First thing I saw in jail was a pot of peas But I rode some, but I rode some The peas was good, the meat was fat Fell in love with the chain gang just for that but I rode some. Dave acts out the song in dancing pantomime, and when it ends, there are shouts and general exclamations of approval from the crowd. Voices. I don't blame them white folks for going crazy about that. Old man. Oh, when I was a young boy, I used to swing the gals round on that piece. Daisy. To Jim, seem like your playing gets better and better. Dave. Quickly, and how about my singin'? Everybody laughs. Voices in the crowd. Ha! Ha! Well Dave's gettin' jealous when she speaks, oh Jim. Jim. To Dave, in fun, ain't nothing to it but my playin'. You ain't got no singin' voice. If that's singin', God's a gopher. Dave. Half seriously, my singin' is a whole lot better and you playin'. You just go along and fram. The reason why the white folks gives us money is cause I'm singin'. Jim. Yeah? Dave. And you can't dance. Voice in the crowd. You oughta dance. Big as your feet is, Dave. Daisy. Diplomatically, both of you all is wonderful and I would like to see Dave dance a little. Dave. There now I told you. What did I tell you? To Jim, stop woofing and pick a little tune there so that I can show Daisy something. Jim. Pick a tune? I bet if you fool with me I'll pick your bones just like a buzzard did the rabbit. You can't sing and now you wants to dance. Dave. Yeah, and I'll lamb your head. Come on and play. Good for nothing. Jim. Alright then. You say you can dance. Show these people what you can do. But don't bring that little stuff I've been seeing you doing all these years. Jim plays and Dave dances. Various members of the crowd keep time with their hands and feet. Daisy looks on enjoying herself immensely. Daisy. As Dave cuts a very fancy step, I ain't seen nothing like this up north. Dave, you show hot. As Dave cuts a more complicated step, the crowd applauds. But just as the show begins to get good, suddenly Jim stops playing. Dave. Surprised? What's the matter, buddy? Jim. Envious of the attention Dave has been getting from Daisy, disgustedly, Oh, nigger. I'm tired of seeing you cut the fool. Sides that, I'd been playing all afternoon for the white folks. Daisy. But I though you was playing for me now, Jim. Jim. Yeah, I'd play all night long for you, but I'm getting sick of Dave round here showing off. Let him get something and play for himself if he can. An old man with a lighted lantern enters. Daisy. Coily, well, honey, play some more for me, then, and don't mind Dave. I reckon he done danced enough. Play me. Shake that thing. Old man with lantern. Show you ain't stopped is you boy. Music sound mighty good floatin' down that dark road. Old woman. Yeah Jim. Go on play a little more. Don't get to acting so niggerish this evening. Dave. Ah uh, let the oil darky alone. Nobody don't want to hear him play. No how. I know I don't. Jim well, I'm gonna play. And he begins to pick. Shake that thing. Teats and Bootsy begin to dance with the gay Mosley and Frank Warwick. As the tune gets good, Dave cannot resist the music either. Dave. Old nigger's evil but he show can play. He begins to do a few steps by himself, then twirls around in front of Daisy and approaches her. Daisy, overcome by the music, begins to step rhythmically toward Dave and together they dance unobserved by Jim. Absorbed in picking his guitar. Daisy. Look here, baby, at this new step I learned up north. Dave. You can show me anything, sugar lump. Daisy. Hold me tight now. But just as they begin the new movement Jim notices Daisy and Dave. He stops playing again and lays his guitar down. Voices in the crowd. Disgustedly, ah, come on, Jim. You must be jealous. Jim. No, I ain't jealous. I just get tired of seeing that oil nigger clownin' all the time. Dave. Laughing and pointing to Jim on porch. Look at that mad baby. Take that lip up off the ground. Got your mouth stuck out just because someone is enjoying themselves. He comes up and pushes Jim playfully. Jim. You better go ahead and let me alone. To Daisy, come here, Daisy. Legay. That's just what I say. Niggers can have no fun without someone getting mad, especially over a woman. Jim. I ain't mad. Daisy, excuse me, honey, but that fool, Dave. Dave. I ain't mad neither. Jim always trying to throw off on me. But you can't joke him. Daisy. Soothingly, ah, uh, now, now. Jim. You ain't joking. You means that, nigger. And if you trying to get hot, first thing, you can pull of my blue shirt you put on this morning. Dave. You'sa got that wrong. I ain't got on no shirt of yours. Jim. Yes, you has got on my shirt, too. Don't tell me you ain't got on my shirt. Dave. Well, even if I is, you can just lift your big plantations out of my shoes. You can just foot it home barefooted. Jim. You try to take any shoes off of me. Legay pacifying them ah uh, there ain't no use of all that what you all want to start this quarreling for over a little jokin'? jim nobody's quarreling i'm just playing a little for daisy and dave's out there clowning with her clark in doorway i ain't gonna have no fussin' round my store no way shut up you all jim well mayor clark i ain't mad with him we he been friends all our lives he slept in my bed and wore my clothes and eaty my grub. Dave, I eat your grub? And many time as you done laid down with your belly full of my grandma's collard greens. You done eaty my meat and bread a whole lot more times than I eat your stewed fish heads. Jim, I'd rather eat stewed fish heads than steal out of other folks' houses so much till you went to sleep on the roost and fell down one night and broke up the set in hen. Loud laughter from the crowd. Dave. use a liar if you say I stole anybody's chickens. I didn't have to. But you. For you started going around with me, playing that little box of yours. You was so hungry you had the white mouth. If it wasn't for these white folks throwing me money for my dancin', you would be thin as a whisper right now. Jim. Laughing sarcastically, you're dancing. You've been leaping around here like a tailless monkey in a washed pot for a long time and nobody was paying no attention to you, till I come along playing. Lindsay. Boys boys, that ain't no way for friends to carry on. Daisy. Well, if you all gonna keep up this quarrelin' and carryin' on, I'm going home. Bout time for me to be getting back to my white folks anyhow. It's dark now. I'm going, even if I have to go by myself. I shouldn't have stopped by here nohow. Jim. Stopping his quarrel, you ain't gonna go home by yourself. I'm going with you. Dave. Singing softly, it may be so, I don't know. But it sounds to me like a lie. Walter. Dave ain't got as much rabbit blood as folks thought. Dave. Tell him bout me. Turns to Daisy. Won't you choose a treat on me, Miss Daisy, for we go? Daisy. Coily, yes sir, thank you. I wants a drink of soda water. Dave pulls his hat down over his eyes, whirls around and offers his arm to Daisy. They strut into the store, Dave gazing contemptuously at Jim as he passes. Crowd roars with laughter, much to the embarrassment of Jim. Legay. Well, fast, Dave, just running the hog right over you, Jim. Walter. Thought you was such a hot man. Lumboger. Want me to go in there and put Daisy under arrest and bring her to you? Jim, sitting down on the edge of porch with one foot on the step and lights a cigarette pretending not to be bothered. Ah, I'll get her when I want her. Let him treat her, but see who struts around that lake and down the railroad with her by and by. Dave and Daisy emerge from the store, each holding a bottle of red soda pop and laughing together. As they start down the steps, Dave accidentally steps on Jim's outstretched foot. Jim jumps up and pushes Dave back, causing him to spill the red soda all over his white shirt front. Jim. Stay off my foot, you big ox. Dave. Well, you don't have to wet me all up, do you, and me and company? Why don't you put your damn foot in your pocket? Daisy. Wiping Dave's shirt front with her handkerchief. Ah, ain't that too bad. Jim. To Dave, well, whose shirt did I wet? It's mine anyhow, ain't it? Dave. Belligerently, well, if it's your shirt, then you come take it off me. I'm tired of your lip. Jim. Well, I will. Dave. Well, put your fist where your lip is. Pushing Daisy aside. Daisy. Frightened, I want to go home. Now, don't you all boys fight. Jim attempts to come up the steps. Dave pushes him back and he stumbles and falls in the dust. General excitement as the crowd senses a fight. Little boy. On the edge of crowd, fight, fight, you're no kin. Kill one another, won't be no sin. Fight, fight, you're no kin. Jim jumps up and rushes for Dave as the latter starts down the steps. Dave meets him with his fist squarely in the face and causes him to step backward, confused. Daisy. Still on porch, half crying, ah, my lord. I want to go home. General hubbub, women's cries of Don't let him fight. Why don't somebody stop him? What kind of men is you all, sit there and let them boys fight like that? Men's voices urging the fight. Ah, let him fight. Go for him, Dave. Slug him, Jim. Jim makes another rush toward the steps. He staggers Dave. Dave knocks Jim sprawling once more. This time, Jim grabs the mule bone as he rises, rushes Dave, strikes Dave over the head with it, and knocks him out. Dave falls prone on his back. There is great excitement. Old woman screams, Lottie, is he killed? Several men rush to the fallen man. Voice Run down to the pump and get a dipper o water. Clark. To his wife and door, Maddie, come out of that store with a bottle of which Hazley oil quick as you can. Jim Weston, I'm gonna arrest you for this. You lumboger. Where is that marshal? Lumboger. Lum Boger detaches himself from the crowd. Arrests Jim. Lum. Grabs Jim's arm. Relieves him of the mule bone and looks helplessly at the mayor. Now I got him arrested. What's I going to do with him? Clark. Lock him up back yonder in my barn till Monday when we'll have the trial in the Baptist church. Lindsay. Yeah, just like all the rest of them Methodists. Always trying to take undercurrents on people. Walter. Ain't no worse than some of you Baptists, know how. You all don't run this town. We got just as much to say as you have. Clark. Angrily to both men, shut up. Dunn had enough arguing in front of my place. To Lumboger, take that boy on and lock him up in my barn. And save that mule bone for evidence. Lumboger leads Jim off toward the back of the store. A crowd follows him. Other men and women are busy applying restoratives to Dave. Daisy stands alone, unnoticed in the center of the stage. Daisy. Worriedly, now, who's gonna take me home? Colon, colon, curtain, colon, colon. Act 2. Scene 1. Setting Village Street Scene. Huge Oak Tree Upstage Center. A house or two on backdrop. When curtain goes up, Sister Lucy Taylor is seen standing under the tree. She is painfully spelling it out. Enter Sister Thomas, a younger woman, in her thirties, at left. Sister Thomas. Evenin', Sis Taylor. Sister Taylor. Evenin'. Returns to the notice. Sister Thomas. What you doin'? Readin' dat notice Joe Clark put up bout de meeting? Approaches Tree. Sister Taylor. Is dat what it says? I ain't much on readin' since I had my teeth pulled out. You know if you pull out dem I teeth you ruins yo eyesight. sight. Turns back to notice what it say. Sister Thomas. Reading notice. The trial of Jim Weston for assault and battery on Dave Carter with a dangerous weapon will be held at Macedonia Baptist Church on Monday, November 10th, at 3 o'clock. All are welcome. By order of J. Clark, mayor of Eatonville, Florida. Turning to Sister Taylor. Hits making on to 3 now. Sister Taylor, you mean it's right now? Looks up at sun to tell time, let me go get ready to be at the trial cause I'm sure going to be there and I ain't going to bite my tongue neither. Sister Thomas, I done went and crapped a mess of collard greens for supper. I better go put em on cause law knows when we going to get out of there and my husband is one of them dat's going to eat don't care what happen. I bet if judgment day was to happen tomorrow he'd spec I or tear fix him a bucket to carry long. She moves to exit, right? Sister Taylor. All men favors they guts, chilly. But what you think of all dis mess they got going on round here? Sister Thomas. I just think it's a sin and a shame befo de livin' justice de the way these Baptist niggers is runnin' round here carryin' on. Sister Taylor. Oh, they been puttin' out the brags ever since Saturday night bout what they goin' to do to Jim. They thinks they runs this town. They tell me Rev. Childers preached a sermon on it yesterday. Sister Thomas. Lord help us. He can't preach and he look like ten cents worth of have mercy let alone getting up there trying to throw slams at us. Now all Elder Sims done was to explain to us our rights. What you think about Joe Clark runnin' round here talkin' up for these old Baptist niggers? Sister Taylor. De puzzle-gut rascal. We oughter have him up in conference and put him out to methodist faith. He don't belong in there, want to tun dat boy out of town for nothin', Sister Thomas. But we all know how come he's so hot to lodge him out of town, hits to dig de foundation out from under Elder Sims. Sister Taylor. What he wants to dat for? Sister Thomas. Cause he wants to be a god know it all and a god do it all and Sims is the unliest one in this town what will buck up to him. Enter Sister Jones, walking leisurely. Sister Jones. Hello, Hoyt, hello, Lucy. Sister Taylor. Goin' to de meetin', Sister Jones. Done got my clothes on the line and I'm bound to be dear. Sister Thomas. Goin' to testify for Jim? Sister Jones. Nah, I reckon, don't make such difference to me which way to drop fall. Tain't neither one of them much good. Sister Taylor. I know it. I know it, Ida. But dat ain't the point. The crow we wants to pick is, is we go inter set still and let these Baptist tell us when to plant and when to pluck up. Sister Jones. Dad is something to think about when you come to think about it. Starts to move on, guess I'd better go ahead, see y'all later and tell you straighter. Enter Elder Sims, right, walking fast, Bible under his arm, almost collides with Sister Jones as she exits. Sims. Oh, excuse me, Sister Jones. She nods and smiles and exits. How you do, Sister Taylor, Sister Thomas? Both. Good evening, Elder. Sims. Show is a hot day. Sister Taylor. Yeah, the bear is walking the earth like a natural man. Sister Thomas. Reverend, look like you headed the wrong way. It's almost time for the trial and use all the dependence we got. Sims. I know it. I'm trying to find a marshal so we can go after Jim. I wants a chance to talk with him a minute before court sets. Sister Taylor. Why think he'll come clear? Sims. Proudly, I know it. Shakes the Bible. I'm going to law M from Genesis to Revelation. Sister Thomas. Give it to M, Elder. Where M out? Sims. We are see liable to have a new mayor when all this does settle. Well I better scuffle on down de road. Exits left. Sister Thomas. Lord, let me go on home and put de screens on. Looks off stage left, here come Mayor Clark now, with his belly settin' out in front of him like a cow catcher. His name oughter be Mayor Belly. Sister Taylor. Arms akimbo, just look at him. Trying to look like a jiggity or brineral. Enter Clark hot and perspiring. They look at him coldly. Clark. I God, de bear got me. Silence for a moment. How y'all feelin', ladies? Sister Taylor. Brother Mayor, I ain't one of these folks dat bite my tongue and bust my gall. What's inside got to come out? I can't see to my rest why you cloakin' in with dees Baptist buzzards gin'st yo own church. Mayor Clark. I ain't cloakin' in with none. I'm de mayor of dis whole town I stands for de right and gins de wrong. I don't care who it kill or cure. Sister Thomas. You think it's right to be runnin' that boy off for nothin'? Clark. I god. You call knocking a man in the head with a mule bone nothin'? Another thin. I done missed nine of my best laying hens. I ain't saying Jim got him, but different people has told me he buries a powerful lot of feathers in his backyard. I god. I'm a ruined man. He starts towards the right exit. But Lum Boger enters right. I God, Lum, I've been looking for you all day. It's almost three o'clock. Hands him a key from his ring. Take this key and go fetch Jim Weston on to de church. Lum, have you got your gavel from the lodge room? Clark, I God, that's right, Lum. I'll go get it from the lodge room whilst you go get de bone and de prisoner. Hurry up. You walk like dead lice dropping off you. He exits right while Lum crosses stage towards left. Sister Taylor. Lum, Elderson's been hunting you. He's gone on down bout to barn. She gestures. Lum Boger. I reckon I'll overtake him. Exit left. Sister Thomas. I better go put these greens on. My husband will kill me if he don't find no supper ready. Here come Mrs. Blunt. She oughter feel like a penny's worth of have-mercy would all this stink behind her daughter. Sister Taylor. Chilly, some folks don't care. They don't raise they chillin', they drags em' up. God knows if dat Daisy was mine, I'd throw her down and put a hundred lashes on her back with a plow line. Here she come into store Saturday night, acts coy and coquettish, burlesque Daisy's walk, a ringing and a twisting. Enter Mrs. Blunt left. Mrs. Blunt. How y'all sisters? Sister Thomas. Very well, Ms. Blunt, how you? Mrs. Blunt. Oh, SOSO. Mrs. Taylor. I'm kickin', but not high. Mrs. Blunt. Well, thank God you still on praying groundin' in a Bible country. Me, I ain't so many today. De niggers got my daisy's name all mixed up in dis mess. Mrs. Taylor. You must mind dat, Sister Blunt. People just will talk. They's talkin' in New York and they's talkin' in Georgie and they's talkin' in Italy. Sister Thomas. Chili, if you talk folks' talk, they'll have you in de graveyard or in Chattahoochee one. You can't pay no attention to talk. Mrs. Blunt. Well, I know one thing. de man or woman, chick or child, grizzly or gray, that tells me to my face anything wrong bout my chili, I'm going to take my fist rolls up right sleeve and gestures with right fist, and knock they teeth down they throat. She looks ferocious, case y'all know I raised my daisy right round my feet till I let her go up north last year with them white folks. I'd ruther her to be in de white folks' kitchen than walk in de streets like some of de girls round here. If I do say so, I done raised a lady. She can't help it if all these mens get stuck on her. Mrs. Taylor. U.S.E. tellin' de truth, Sister Blunt. That's what I always say. Don't confidence these niggers. Do, they'll show put you in de street. Mrs. Thomas. Nah, indeed, never syndicate with niggers. Do, they will discriminate you. They'll be in anybody. You go into de trial, ain't you? Mrs. Blunt. Just as show as you snore. And they better leave Daisy's name out of dis, too. I done told her and told her to come straight home from her work. Nah, she had to stop by dat store and skin her gums back with dem trashy niggers. She better not leave them white folks today to come traipsin' over here scornin' her name all up with dis nigger mess. Do, I'll kill her. No daughter of mine ain't goin' to do as she please, long as she live under dis sound of my voice. She crosses to right. Mrs. Thomas. That's right, Sister Blunt. I glory in yo' spunk. Lord, I'd better go put on my supper. As Mrs. Blunt exits, right, Rev. Childers enters left with Dave and Deacon Lindsay and Sister Lewis. Very hostile glances from Sisters Thomas and Taylor toward the others. Childers. Good evening, folks. Sisters Thomas and Taylor just grunt. Mrs. Thomas moves a step or two towards exit. Flirts her skirts and exits. Lindsay. Angrily, what's the matter, y'all? Cat got yo' tum? Mrs. Taylor. More matter than you can scatter all over Cincinnati. Lindsay. Go head on, Lucy Taylor. Go head on. You know a very little of yo' sugar sweetens my coffee. Go head on. Every time you lift yo' arm, you smell like a nest of yellow hammers. Mrs. Taylor. Go head on yourself. Yo' head look like it done wore out three bodies. Talkin' about me smellin', you smell like a nest of granddaddies yo'self. Lindsay. A rock on down de road, oh man. Ah, don't want to change words wid' ya. You's too ugly. Mrs. Taylor. You ain't nobody's pretty baby yo'self. You so ugly I betcha yo wife have to spread a sheet over yo head to let sleep slip up on ya. Lindsay. Threatening, you better get away from me while you able. I done told you I don't want to break a breath with you. It's a whole heap better to walk off on your own legs than it is to be toted off. I'm tired of yo atching round here. You fool with me now and I'll knock you into doll rags, Tony or no Tony. Mrs. Taylor. Jumping up in his face. Hit me? Hit me. I dare you to hit me. If you take that dare, you'll steal a hog and eat his hair. Lindsay. Let me go on down to dat church before you make me stomp you. He exits right. Mrs. Taylor, you mean you'll get stomped? I'm going to de trial too. De next trial goin to be me for kickin some my you Baptist niggers around. A great noise is heard off stage left. The angry and jeering voices of children. Mrs. Taylor looks off left and takes a step or two towards left exit as the noise comes nearer. Voice of one child. Tell her. Tell her. Turn her up and smell her. Yo mama ain't got nothing to do with me. Mrs. Taylor. Hollering off left, you little Baptist Haitians leave them chillin' alone. If you don't, you better. Enter about ten children struggling and wrestling in a bunch. Mrs. Taylor looks about on the ground for a stick to strike the children with. Voice of child. Hey. Hey. He's scared to knock it off. Coward. Mrs. Taylor. If y'all don't get on home. Sassy little girl. Standing akimbo. I know you better not touch me. Do my mama will tend to you. Mrs. Taylor. Making as if to strike her. Shut up you nasty little heifer. Sassin' me. You ain't half raised. The little girl shakes herself at Mrs. Taylor and is joined by two or three others. Mrs. Taylor. Walkin' towards right exit. I'm goin' on down to de church and tell yo mammy. But she ain't been half-raised herself. She exits right with several children making faces behind her. One boy. To sassy girl, aha. Y'all O.L. Baptist ain't got no bookcase in yo chuck. We went there one day and I saw a soda cracker box settin' up in de corner so I sat down on it. Pointing at sassy girl, know what old Mariella say. Jeering laughter, Willie, you get up off our library. Ha! Ha! Mariella. Y'all old Methodists ain't got no window panes in yo old church. Another girl. Takes center of stand, hands akimbo, and shakes her hips. I don't care what y'all say. I'm a Methodist bred and a Methodist born, and when I'm dead, there'll be a Methodist gone. Mariella. Snaps fingers under other girls' nose and starts singing. Several join her. Oh Baptist, Baptist is my name my name's written on high I got my lickin de Baptist church going to eat up de Methodist pie. The Methodist children jeer and make faces. The Baptist camp make faces back. For a full minute there is silence while each camp tries to outdo the other in face making. The Baptist makes the last face. Methodist boy. Come on, less us don't notice him. Less go on down to de church and hear de trial. Mariella. Y'all ain't the unliest ones can go. We go in too. Willie. Ah uh-huh. ha. Copycats. Makes face, that's right. Follow on behind us lack a puppy dog tail. They start walking toward right exit, switching their clothes behind. That's right. Follow on behind us lack a puppy dog tail. They start walking toward right exit, switching their clothes behind. Baptist children stage a rush and struggle to get in front of the Methodists. They finally succeed in flinging some of the Methodist children to the ground and some behind them and walk towards right exit haughtily switching their clothes. Willie. Whispers to his crowd, Let's go round by Mosley's lot and beat Em there. Others. All right. Willie. Yellin' to Baptists, We wouldn't walk behind no old Baptists. The Methodists turn and walk off towards left exit, switching their clothes as the Baptists are doing. Slow Curtain. Act 3. Setting. A high stretch of railroad track through a luxurious Florida forest. It is near sundown. Action. When the curtain rises there is no one on the stage, but there is a tremendous noise and hubbub offstage right. There are yells of derision and shouts of anger. Part of the mob is trying to keep Jim in town and part is driving him off. After a full minute of this, Jim enters with his guitar hanging around his neck and his coat over his shoulder. The sun is dropping low and red through the forest. He is looking back angrily and shouting at the mob. A missile is thrown after him. Jim drops his coat and guitar and grabs up a piece of brick and makes threatening gestures of throwing it. Jim, running back the way he came and hurling the brick with all his might, I'll kill some oh you old box-ankled niggers. Grabs up another piece of brick. I'm out o' oh, your old town. Now just let some of you old half pint Baptists let your wooden god and cornstalk Jesus fool you into hitting me. Threatens to throw again. There are some frightened screams and the mob is heard running back. I'm glad I'm out oh your old town anyhow. I ain't never coming back no M.O. either. You old ugly rump niggers done rent a town anyhow. There is complete silence off stage. Jim walks a few steps with his coat and guitar, then sits down on the railroad embankment facing the audience. He pulls off one shoe and pours the sand out. He holds the shoe in his hand a moment and looks wistfully back down the railroad track. Jim. Laud, folks show is deceitful. He puts on the shoe and looks back down the track again. I never would have thought people would have acted like that. Laces up the shoe. Especially Dave Carter, much as me and him done probed round together going and swimming and playing ball and serenading de girls and de white folks. He sits there gloomily silent for a while, then looks behind him and picks up his guitar and begins to pick a tune. The music is very sad, but he trails off into You may leave and go to Halimafax, but my slow drag will bring you back. When he finishes, he looks at the sun and picks up his coat. Jim. Reckon I better get on down de road and get somewhere. Law knows where. Stops suddenly in his tracks and turns back toward the village. Takes a step or two. All that mess and stink for nothing. Dave no good and well I didn't meant to hurt him much. He takes off his cap and scratches his head thoroughly. Then turns again and starts on down the road left. Enter Daisy, left, walking fast and panting, her head down. They meet. Daisy. Oh, hello, Jim. A little surprised and startled. Jim. Not expecting her. Hello, Daisy. Embarrassed silence. Daisy. I was just coming over town to see how you come out. Jim. You don't have to go way over there to find dad out. You and Dave done got me run out of town for nothing. Daisy. Putting her hand on his arm. They didn't run you out of town, did they? Jim? Shaking her hand off, what you reckon I'm counting Mr. Railroad's ties for, just to find out how many ties between here and Orlando? Daisy. Hand on his arm again, they can't run you off like dat. Jim. Take yo hands off me, Daisy. How come they can't run me off with you and Davin'? Everybody jinced me. Daisy. I ain't opened my mouth gains to you, Jim. I ain't said one word, I wasn't even at de old trial. My madam wouldn't let me get off. I was just comin' to see bout you now. Jim. Ah, go head on. You figured I was gone too long to talk about. You was haulin' it over to town to see Dave. That's what you was doing, After gettin' me all messed up. Daisy. Making as if to cry, I wasn't studying bout no Dave. Jim. Hopefully, ah, don't tell me. Sings, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Show me a woman that a man can trust. Daisy is crying now. Jim. What you crying for? You know you love Dave. I'm your monkey man. He always could do more with you that I could. Daisy. Nah, you ain't no monkey man either. I don't want you to leave town. I didn't want y'all to be fighting over me, no how. Jim. Ah, uh, rock on down the road with that stuff. A 2 timid cloaker like you don't care what come off. Me and Dave been good friends ever since we was born till you had to go flouncing yourself around. Daisy. What did I do? All I did was to come over town to see you and get a mouthful of gum. Next thing I know y'all is fighting and carrying on. J.R.M. Stand silent for a while. Did you come over there Saturday night to see me show enough, sugar babe? Daisy. Everybody could see Dad, but you. Jim. Just like I told you, Daisy before you ever left from round here and went up north. I could kiss you every day, just as regular as pig tracks. Daisy. And I told you I could stand it too, just as regular as you could. Jim. Catching her by the arm and pulling her down with him onto the rail, set down, here, Daisy. Let's talk some chat. You want me show nuff? Hones to God. Daisy. Coily, remember what I told you out on the lake last summer? Jim. Show enough, Daisy? Daisy nods smilingly. Jim. Sadly, but I got to go away. What we goin' to do bout dat? Daisy. Where you goin', Jim? Jim. Looking sadly down the track, God knows. Off stage from the same direction from which Jim entered comes the sound of whistling and tramping of feet on the ties. Jim. Brightening, dat's Dave. Frowning. Wonder what he doin' walkin' dis track? Looks accusingly at Daisy. I bet he's goin' to yo' workplace. Daisy. What for? Jim. He ain't goin' to see de madam. Must be goin' to see you. He starts to rise petulantly as Dave comes upon the scene. Daisy rises also. Dave. Looks accusingly from one to the other. What y'all jumpin' up for? I. Jim. What you got to do with us business? Tain't none of your business if we stand up, set down, or fly like a skeeter hawk, Dave. Who said I cared? This railroad belongs to the man. I can walk as good as you, can't I, Jim? Laughing exultantly. Oh yeah, Mister Do Dirty. You figured you had done run me on off so you could get Daisy all by yourself. You was headin' right for her workplace. Dave, I wasn't no such a thing, Jim. You was. Didn't I hear you coming down to track all whistling and everything? Dave You's a big old Georgie something ain't so I done got my belly full of Daisy Saturday night She can't snore in my ear no more Daisy Indignantly What you come here low rattin me for, Dave Carter? I ain't done nothing to you but treat you white Who come rubbed yo ol' head for you yesterday if it wasn't me? Dave Yeah, you rubbed my head all right and I lacked a dat but everybody say you done toted a pan to Joe Clark's barn for Jim before I seen you. Daisy. Think I was going to let Jim lay there thout nothing fit in for a dog to eat. Dave. That's alright Daisy. If you want to pay Jim for knocking me in the head, alright. But I'm a man in a class. In a class to myself and nobody knows my name. Jim. Snatching Daisy around to face him. Was you over to Dave's house yesterday rubbing his old head and cloaking with him to run me out of town? And me looked up in dat barn wid de cows and eels. Daisy. Sobbing, all both of y'all hollering at me and fussin' me just cause I tries to be nice. And neither one of y'all don't care nothin' about me. Both boys glare at each other over Daisy's head and both try to hug her at the same time. She violently wrenches herself away from both and makes as if to move on. Daisy. Leave me go. Take your rusty pams off and me. I'm going on back to my workplace. I just got off to see bout y'all and look how y'all treat me. Jim. Wait a minute, Daisy. I love you like God loves Gabriel. And dat's his best angel. Dave. Daisy, I love you harder than de thunder can bump a sump. If I don't, God's a gopher. Daisy. Brightening, dat's the first time you ever said so. Dave and Jim. Who? Jim. What you hollering, who for? Yo fat don't fit no limb. Dave. Speak when you spoken to, come when you called, next fall you'll be my coonhound dog. Jim. Table that discussion. Turning to Daisy, you ain't never give me no chance to talk with you right. Dave. You made me feel like you was trying to put the Ned book on me all the time. Do you love me show enough, Daisy? Daisy. Blooming again into coquetry, ah, y'all better stop that, you know you don't mean it. Dave. Who don't mean it? Let me tell you something, mama. If you was mine, I wouldn't have you counting no ties with your pretty little toes. Know what I'd do? Daisy. Coily, nah, what would you do? Dave. I'd buy you a whole passenger train, and hire some men's to run it for you. Daisy. Happily, oh, Dave. Jim. To Dave, de wind may blow, de doorway slam dat shut you shootin ain't worth a damn. To Daisy, I'd buy you a great big ol' ship, and then, baby, I'd buy you a ocean to sail yo ship on. Daisy, happily, oh, Jim. Dave. To Jim, a long tain, a short caboose dat lie what you shootin, ain't no use. To Daisy, Miss Daisy, know what I'd do for you. Daisy. Now what? Dave. I'd come down de river riding a mud cat and loading a minnow. Daisy. Law, Dave, you show his propaganda. Jim. Peevishly, nah, he ain't. He's just lying. He's a noble liar. Know what I'd do if he was mine. Daisy. Nah, Jim. Jim. I'd make a panther wash wild dishes and a gator chop your wood for you. Dave. Daisy, how come you let Jim lie like dat? He's as big as a liar as he is a man. But show nuff now, laying all sides to jokes, Jim there don't even know how to answer you. If you don't believe it, A.S.T. him something. Daisy. To Jim, you like me much, Jim? Jim. Enthusiastically, yeah, Daisy, I show do. Dave. Triumphant, see dat. I told you he didn't know how to answer nobody like you. If he was talking to some of them ol' funny-looking gals over town he'd be answering em just right. But he got to learn how to answer you. Now you ast me something and see how I answer you. Daisy. Do you like me, Dave? Dave. Very properly in a falsetto voice. Yes, ma'am. That's the way to answer swell folks like you. Furthermore, lest we prove which one of us love you do best right now. To Jim, Jim. How much time would you do on de chain gang for dis Oman? Jim. Twenty years and like it. Dave. See dat Daisy? Dat nigger ain't willing to do no time for you. I'd beg de judge to give me life. Both Jim and Dave laugh. Daisy. Y'all doing all dis bukuin out here on de railroad track but I bet y'all crazy bout Bootsy and Teats and a whole heap of other gals. Jim. Cross my feet and hope to die. I'd ruther see all the other women folks in de world dead than for you to have de toothache, Dave. If I was dead and any other woman come near my coffin, de undertaker would have to do his job all over, cause I'd get right up and walk off. Furthermore, Miss Daisy, ma'am, also ma'am, which would you ruther be—a lark a flying or a dove a settin', ma'am, also ma'am? Daisy. Course I'd ruther be a dove, Jim. Miss Daisy, ma'am, also ma'am, if you marry dis nigger over my head, I'm going to get me a green hickory club and season it over yo' head. Dave. Don't you be scared, baby. Papa can take care of you. To Jim, counting from de finger, suiting the action to the word, back to de thumb. Start anything I got you some. Jim. Ah, uh, I don't want no more fight with you, Dave. Dave. Who said anything about fighting? We just proven who love Daisy de best. To Daisy, now, which one of us you think love you de best? Daisy. Deed I don't know, Dave. Dave. Baby, I'd walk de water for you, and tote a mountain on my head while I'm walking. Jim. Know what I do, honey babe. If you was a thousand miles from home and you didn't have no ready-made money and you had to walk all the way, walk until ye feet start to rolling, just like a wheel and I was riding way up in the sky, I'd step backwards off of dat airplane just to walk home with you. Daisy. Falling on Jim's neck, Jim. When you talk to me like that I just can't stand it. Let's us get married right now. Jim. Now you talking like a blueback speller. Let's go. Dave. Sadly, you going to leave me like this, Daisy? Daisy. Sadly, I likes you too, Dave, I show do. But I can't marry both of y'all at the same time. Jim. Ah, come on, Daisy. Sun's getting low. He starts off pulling Daisy. Dave, what's I'm going to do? Walking after them. Jim. Go on back and dance. You make out you don't need me to play none. Dave. Almost tearfully, ah, Jim, shucks. Where y'all going? Daisy comes to an abrupt halt and stops Jim. Daisy. That's right, honey. Where is we going, show nuff? Jim. Sadly, deed I don't know, baby. They just sentenced me to go. They didn't say where and I don't know. Daisy. How we and know how to go when we don't know where we in? Jim looks at Dave as if he expects some help but Dave stands sadly silent. Jim takes a few steps forward as if to go on. Daisy makes a step or two, unwillingly, then looks behind her and stops. Dave looks as if he will follow them. Daisy. Jim. He stops and turns, wait a minute. What we goin' to do when we get there? Jim. Where? Daisy. Where we goin'? Jim. I done told you I don't know where it is. Daisy. But how are we going to get something to eat and a place to stay? Jim. Play and dance, just like I have been doing. Daisy. You can't dance and Dave ain't going to be there. Jim. Looks appealingly at Dave, then away quickly. Well, I can't help that, can I? Daisy. Brightly, I tell you what, Jim. Less us don't go nowhere. They sentenced you to leave Eatonville and use more than a mile from this city limits already. Use in Maitland now. Supposin' you come live on de white folks place with me after we get married. Eatonville ain't got nothing to do with you living in Maitland. Jim. Daddy a good idea, Daisy. Daisy. Jumping into his arms, and listen, honey, you don't have to be beholden to Dave nor nobody else. You can throw dat old box away if you want to. I know ere you can get a swell job. Jim. Sheepishly doing what? Looks lovingly at his guitar. Daisy. Almost dancing, yard man. All you have to do is wash windows and sweep this sidewalk. And scrub off de steps and porch and hoe up de weeds and rake up de leaves and dig a few holes now and then with a spade. To plant some trees and things like that. It's a good steady job. Jim. After a long deliberation, you see, Daisy, de mayor and corporation told me to go on off and I oughta go. Daisy. Well, I'm not going tipping down no railroad track like a Maltese cat. I wasn't brought up knocking round from here to yonder. Jim. Well, I wasn't brought up with no spade in my hand, and ain't going to start it now. Daisy. But sweetheart, we got to live, ain't we? We got to get hold of money before we can do anything. I don't mean to stay in the white folks' kitchen all my days. Jim. Yeah, all that's true. But you couldn't buy a flea waltzing jacket with the money I'm going to make with a hoe and spade. Daisy. Getting tearful, you don't want me. You don't love me. Jim. Yes, I do, darling, I love you. Use the one letting a spade come between us. He caresses her. I loves you and you only. You don't see me dragging a whole gang of farming tools into us business, do you? Daisy. Stiffly. Well, I ain't going to marry no man that ain't going to work and take care of me. Jim. I don't mind working if the job ain't too heavy for me. I ain't going to bother with nothing in my hands heavier than this box and I totes it round my neck most of the time. Daisy makes a despairing gesture as Jim takes a step or two away from her. She turns to Dave finally. Daisy. Well, I reckon you loves me the best anyhow. You wouldn't talk to me like Jim did, would you, Dave? Dave. Nah, I wouldn't say what he said at all. Daisy. Cuddling up to him, what would you say, honey? Dave. I'd say dat box was too heavy for me to fool with. Would I wouldn't tote nothing heavier than my hat and I feel like I'm bussing myself sometime totten dat. Daisy. Outraged. Don't you mean to work none? Dave. Wouldn't hit a lick at a snake. Daisy. I don't blame you, Dave. Looks down at his feet. Cause toting dem feet of yourn is enough to break down your constitution. Jim. erily. that's all right. Dem foots done put plenty bread in our mouths. Dave. Not by theyselves though, with the help of dat box, Jim. When you gets having fits on dat box, boy, my foots has hysterics. Daisy, you marry Jim cause I don't want to come between y'all. He's my buddy. Jim. Come to think of it, Dave, she was yourn first. You take and handled dat spade for her. Dave. You heard her say it is all I can do to lift up these feets and put em down. Where I'm going to get any time to wrestle with any hoes and shovels. You can get round better me. You done one Daisy, I give in. I ain't going to bite no friend of mine in de back. Daisy. Both of you niggers can get yo hat in yo heads and get on down de road. May the one of y'all don't have to have me. I got a good job and plenty men begging for yo chance. Jim. That's right, Daisy, you go get you one them men's what don't mind smelling meals and beating the white folks to the barn every morning. I don't want to be bothered with nothing but this box. Dave. And I can't strain with nothing but my feet. Daisy walks slowly away in the direction from which she came. Both watch her a little wistfully for a minute. The sun is setting. Dave. Guess I'd better be getting on back. It's most dark. Where you going, Jim? Jim. I don't know, Dave. Down de road, I reckon. Dave. Wincher come on back to town? Tain't no use you pro-gain up and down de railroad track when you got a home. Jim. They done laud me way from it for hitting you with dat bone. Dave. Dat ain't nothin'. It was my head you hit. And if I don't care what dem old ugly rump niggers got to do with it? Jim. They might not let me come in town. Dave. Seizing Jim's arm and facing him back toward the town, they better. Look here, Jim. If they tried to keep you out dat town will go out to dat swamp and get us a meal bone apiece and come into town and boil dat stew down to a low gravy. Jim. You mean dat, Dave? Dave nods his head eagerly. Us wasn't mad wid one another, know-how. Belligerently, come on, let's go back to town. Dem malletheads better leave me be, too. Picks up a heavy stick. I wish Lum would come tellin' me bout de law when I got all this law in my hands. And de rest o' dem gatorface jigs. If they ain't got a whole estio o' mule bones and a good determination, they'd better not bring no mess up. Come on, boy. They start back together toward town, Jim picking a dance tune on his guitar, and Dave cutting steps on the ties beside him. Singing, prancing and happily, they exit, right, as...